Hey, 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 what is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to episode three now of the Just Ballin' podcast. I'd like to start off with an apology. Like I said, I was going to upload these every Sunday, but I did lose my voice on Saturday, so I had to wait for it to come back. So yeah, you guys are going to get a Tuesday episode of the pod, but episode four will come out on the following Sunday. So yeah, we're going to talk about kind of the last week and a day of the NBA. Decent amount to talk about. I'm very excited about today's episode. Also, if you guys noticed, I got a new, I guess, podcast art profile picture. Looks a lot better. So much better. I'm so happy with how it came out. And then also, I think I forgot to put timestamps on the YouTube um, video of the podcast. And if you want to see my face while I'll talk, you go on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Sross. It's my second YouTube channel. And you guys can see my face while I talk and stuff like that. But if you're listening on po- on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, obviously you can't do that. So yeah, we have a lot to talk about today or a decent amount to talk about. I'm very excited. Uh, we are going to get right into this. We have Warriors talk, studs of the week, duds of the week, uh, a couple injuries, and then also a little bit of mailbag. So I'm excited about this episode. Episode three now, and we can get into this about... The Warriors talk. Also, I want to give a shout out to Clutch Time in the YouTube comments section of episode two, who said Studs and Duds is a cool name to go with that for um this like I guess stars of the week and disappointments of the week. Because I believe in episode two I originally had it as stars and duds. So shout out to him for the recommendation of studs and duds. So yeah, Warriors talk. The Warriors actually might not make the playoffs for the first time in half a decade. There's been injuries to D'Angelo Russell, there's been injuries to Steph Curry, there's been injuries to Draymond Green, and there's a lot of talk about going around that they're going to be tanking. Um, I, I don't think they're really tanking, they really weren't put in a position to tank. They had no I, they had no idea how their season was going to go. Obviously, Klay Thompson tore his ACL in the playoffs last year. Uh, we knew Draymond was going to miss some time, he never really plays a full season. Um, Steph Curry has his injury passed, and... He had an unfortunate injury, and he broke his hand, and he's going to be out, I believe, two to four months. Maybe we'll get him back before the All-Star game. Maybe they're just like, you know what, we're losing some games. Let's not rush Curry back. He's been playing all the way till June the last five years. He might need a little bit of a break. So, yeah, the Warriors look like they are going to end up with a lottery pick in this year's draft. It is lottery protected. If it wasn't in the lottery, it would go to the Brooklyn Nets. But it's more likely it will be a lottery pick. So that means it will convey to a 2025 second round pick for the Brooklyn Nets, which is a quite the turnaround on that pick. So from here, the Warriors, just play your young guys. Eric Paschal, Jordan Poole, give them the majority of the minutes. I don't want to see a lot of Steve Kerr slander. Yes, obviously he's going to get exposed a little bit as a head coach because he, you know, he's been so good every year as a Warriors coach. This year, they're not going to be good. People are going to be like, all right, this is the true coach. This is the real Steve Kerr. No, he's been dealt with a horrible hand this year. If you look at their roster, it's horrible. At this moment, I just watched the Suns and Sixers game where the uh, Suns knocked off the Sixers' perfect record. They're currently up by three against the Portland Trailblazers at home, and they're up 77-74. I mean, like that. these are the games that prove that Steve Kerr's a solid head coach he's not one of the best coaches in the nba i wouldn't put him in the top five but i definitely think he's a top 10 head coach no debate if you want to even put him at the end of the top five i'm okay with that uh but yeah guys like Pascal, pool bauman or bowman i believe um just those guys maybe damian we can get some action this year but yeah they, they've been 
so unlucky with injuries. Now, this is going to segue into a fun topic, and that is D'Angelo Russell trades. Now, Russell hasn't been that good this year. He's played five games, shooting at 38% from the field. Uh, he is averaging six and a half assists, 19 points, and is already hurt. He has a He's day-to-day -day with an ankle injury. Uh, he hasn't played, or his first game he missed was November 2nd. So yeah, I'm going to talk about like four different ideas I have for a D'Angelo Russell trade. So there's, yeah, so there's a couple here. Now we're going to start off with, I think, the one I really want to happen. If you follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Matthew Edgeist, I tweeted about this one, and that is D'Angelo Russell somewhat for Aaron Gordon to the Orlando Magic. Now, also, if you've been following me on Twitter, I've been tweeting out how bad the Orlando Magic's offense have been this year. It's been the worst in the league. They are currently ranked last in three-point percentage, ranked last in field goal percentage, ranked last in true shooting percentage, ranked last in points per game, and ranked last in offensive rating. It's been bad. There you have a crowded front court. I personally don't think Aaron Gordon is a true three, at least in Steve Clifford's system. But in Steve Kerr, he... I feel like offense, he could be a three, but then they can go small with him at the five or Draymond at the five. And they're both really good defenders, Gordon and Draymond. And Gordon can guard most centers. I'm not going to say he can guard Joel Embiid, but he is 6'9". He's a big dude. Uh, he's, he's a good defender, and he's averaging 11 points this year. He's off to a really slow start. But with that crowded front court, Isaac Bamba, who's looking... Kind of like it wasn't a great pick there. Vucevic, who they just committed a lot of money to in the offseason. I think if they got a... Like, if they traded for D'Andre Russell for Aaron Gordon right now, he would be the best playmaker on that team. He'd be the best facilitator on that team. And he would improve their offense so much. You can actually run the offense through D'Andre Russell. The pick and roll with Russell and Isaac. I just don't think Fultz is going to be there as a passer anytime soon. And they're kind of stuck in NBA purgatory right now. They're like, where did the magic go? I do think they need to make a move before they just get stagnant every year. They're a 6-2-8 seed every year, and they get knocked out in the first round. Maybe one year they'll make it to the second round, but they don't have a team in place that they're going to make it to the finals unless Juna Okiki is some stud that we don't know about. But hey, that's a shot in the dark there. So I think like a fun trade because I know that the war, like Aaron Gordon's making about 19 mil, Russell like 27 mil. Those are just off the top of my head. And the Warriors do have a trade exception from the Andre Ugudala trade um, with the Memphis Grizzlies. So they can maybe use that here, but I don't think they would have to. So maybe a trade like we could say Aaron Gordon, Alfred Camino, who the Warriors could tell if we use another actual NBA player, who's a good defender. Alfred Camino is a 6'9", hybrid forward. Uh, he's a little bit on the older side. Um, he's 29, so it's not that bad, though. It's actually not that bad. He's 29, that's a little bit younger than I thought he was, actually. Um, so he's a good 3 and D guy. Uh, this year, he really hasn't done much for the uh, Magic in 23 games. He's shooting um, about 50% from 3, um, but he's shooting 28% from the field, which is kind of crazy. But he hasn't attempted that many 3s this year. But yeah, he's a good defender. The Warriors could definitely use him off the bench. Adding Aaron Gordon to that team, I'm saying also, like, hypothetically, this is also looking for next year. I don't think if they caught Aaron Gordon this year, they're making the playoffs. No, because D'Angelo Russell can't even be traded till December 15th. So that's a fun one. I think for both sides would really come out happy. Um, next one, these are just kind of, like, random trade ideas that I thought. Drew Holiday, if the Pelicans realize that maybe Lonzo Ball is not their future at the one, or even like Russell doesn't have to be a one, he could be a two. Drew Holiday is 29. If the Warriors think that 
he's just a perimeter defender they could really use, and he would flourish in that system, maybe. But I know the Pelicans say this is Drew Holiday's team, even though it's becoming Brandon Ingram's team, and then obviously when Zion comes back, it's going to be those two guys because Ingram's been another story. We'll get to him later in Studs of the Week. Holiday would have been a fun one um, because it would have been a cool Pelicans youth movement if it was like Russell, Ingram, Zion, Hayes, Alexander, Frank Jackson, Alonzo. That would have been a fun young core with all the picks they have too. Um, I thought also to the Pistons, maybe Blake Griffin came up or Andre Drummond, but those ones are really hard to work. I don't really see the Warriors really going for any of the Pistons bigs. And Drummond's been playing really well, so the Pistons are probably going to look to lock him up. Uh, Hornets was an interesting one. They want to make a move for D'Angelo Russell. That would probably cost them Bridges, Monk, and a first, which people might think is too much. And you might have to throw in like a Cody Zeller or Bridges, Zeller, and a first. So it doesn't really make sense there. Um, and then the final one is probably the more logical one with the Magic, and that is to the Timberwolves for Roko, Akoji, um, Gorgi Zhang, Ortiz, and a first. Um, I think this would actually be a really good trade for both teams. Now, giving up Okoji would be, I don't know. He, he's been a great defender this year. He's been a great defender, and he's actually been... Kind of solid. He would be a really good rotational player on a playoff team. I don't think he'll ever be a starting caliber guard, um, but he is 21. Uh, Rocco obviously would be the big improvement here for the Warriors team, um, and they'd get a first out of this. And then obviously you're pairing up D'Lo, who's very good friends with Towns, and obviously you're going to want to keep Towns happy, and maybe Towns, Culver, Wiggins, Towns could be a nice future core. Um, but that's if, obviously... Um, they don't ask for Culver in that trade. So those were just D-Lo trades that I thought were interesting. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, I mean, on the comments, maybe um, some D-Lo trades you guys think would be interesting. Or just tweet me them um, on my Twitter account, and I definitely will read them because I find these very interesting. So yeah, that's my talk on the um, Warriors, I guess, downfall for this season. Just this season, though. Um, obviously, them adding a James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, I don't know, um, Precious Achua, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. It would be really fun because uh, I don't think they would draft a point guard, but who knows. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's where I stand on the Warriors. I think they should move D'Lo, but you know what? If they don't and they want to see him with Clay, that would be cool too. All right, studs of the week. Now, we're going to start off with Brandon Ingram. This is Brandon Ingram's breakout year. Brandon Ingram also tonight had a really good game against the Brooklyn Nets, where he had 40 points, 17 for 24 shooting, uh, five rebounds, five assists, two steals. He's been incredible for them this year. He Before tonight, he's averaging 23 points, seven and a half rebounds, four assists. He's shooting 51% from the field. He's got an effective field goal percentage of 59%, and his advanced numbers are also really good. If his, per, um, his warps are positive, his box plus minus, his defense... Hasn't like his defense box plus minus isn't great, but obviously the Pelicans haven't been great as a whole. A lot of new players on that team, so it's obviously going to take some getting used to. Um, positive Winchester, obviously, his usage is a good percentage uh, for what his efficiency is. He's got a really good assist percentage for especially a small forward, and his ball handling has improved. He's got a 61% true shooting. His PER is high. He's playing a good amount of minutes. Um, he's been good this year. His court, he's shooting 47% from corner threes. Um, obviously he's shooting 46% from three overall. Um, he's getting in, he's not taking as many mid ranges. Um, but he, he, that's still majority of his game is mid rangers, but he's taking a little bit less this year at, uh, at a current pace. So, you know, Brandon Ingram first son of the week, he's been incredible and he's definitely the early favorite for most improved player this year. Now question is, would he have been doing this if he was still in LA? 
Probably not. Probably not. So this Anthony Davis trade was definitely for the best for him. And speaking of Anthony Davis, also another stud of the week. He had a 40-20 night the other night. That's just crazy. And that's just kind of normal for Anthony Davis. He had 40 points and 20 rebounds, which is crazy. Um, then he followed it up with 31 and 8 and then 25 and 11. Yeah, he'll be a, he'll be an MVP candidate this year, 100%, especially if the Lakers get the one seed. I think he would be the guy over LeBron. I, I just think so. Obviously, he's going to get a lot more volume. He's probably going to play more games, even though he does have injury history, so maybe. But I just feel like he will. Um, another big man we're going to talk about, I mentioned him a little bit uh, before, and that is Andre Drummond, who's been killing it in the absence of Blake Griffin. Obviously, that's kind of why he's been scoring at a higher rate. The Pistons haven't been winning now. I believe they lost to the Wizards tonight. I think that put them to two and five on the year, maybe three and five, uh, three and five, excuse me. But he's been good regardless. Like tonight, he had 15 points, 24 rebounds. He shot six for 20 because he's bringing up the ball. I don't, I don't really get that. Um, but I guess with D Rose and Fred Jackson out, you know what? Let Drummond be Drummond. Um, he's averaging 18.7 rebounds through the first seven games this season. 22 points a game. Um, still shooting good rate inside. Uh, he hasn't taken a three yet, I believe. Actually, no, I believe he actually has taken a three this year. He's taken five. He's yet to hit one. Um, probably shouldn't shoot too many of those. Uh, his free throws, he's shooting 64%. Uh, that, that would actually be a career high if he stayed at that throughout the year. But yeah, Drummond's been really good. He's been a really good rim protector for them this year. And I hope, you know what, he still can average near 20 points per game when Blake Griffin comes back. But obviously, D. Rose has been really good for them. But yeah, it's technically a contract year from Drummond. He can opt out at the end of the year. And he will get a payday in this week free agency class if he were to opt out. Now, we are going to talk about a sophomore here. Um, we're going to talk about a couple sophomores, don't worry. But this one is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who has been incredible for the OKC Thunder this year. In six games, he's shooting 38% from three, 22 points a night, seven rebounds, just above three assists a game. He's been playing more of the two uh, guard position, obviously because of Chris Paul. But yeah, he's been great. He's taken 17 shots a game. Yes, this is how you progress your players. Alexander was obviously the prime uh, piece of the haul the Thunder got in return for Paul George. So it's they're doing a great job. Billy Donovan has done a fine job with Alexander. Um, and maybe some other teams, <laughs> Knicks, should see how they progress their players. I don't know. Um, or just how they're going with Alexander, just maybe with not Ke uh, with Kevin Knox. But not going to go into that. Um, but yeah, Alexander has been great this year. And speaking of sophomores... Gotta talk about Luka Doncic, man. Oh my God. He's going to be all-star starter on pace right now. He's been on pace. He's going to be an all-star starter. He's averaging 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 9.5 and assists. Obviously, small sample size, only six games. And his volume is bound to go down because, you know, it's hard to maintain this pace. But, man, he's so entertaining to watch. Like, if you're bored one night, like none of your friends are playing video games or you're not going out or just like your favorite team's not playing... If the Mavericks are playing, watch them because he is so entertaining. His pick and roll vision is incredible, man. It's incredible. And he's only 20 years old. 20. And he's already arguably a top 20 player in the NBA at 20 years old. When was the last time we said that? Anthony Davis? Maybe? Carl Anthony Towns? So he's up there um, with just production in a sophomore year. He's been incredible this year. His defense has improved. 
Um, he's actually been, I think, a little bit better on the defensive side to start out this year. Um, and yeah, he's been incredible, Luka Doncic, and he definitely belongs in studs of the week. One more guy. Uh, we actually have three more guys I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to get to every stud because obviously there's so many good NBA players at the moment um, that have been good so far this year. But we're going to talk about arguably the most underrated pickup of the offseason that I guess we didn't know about. But Aaron Baines, man. Aaron freaking Baines. He has been amazing this year for the Suns in the absence of DeAndre Aiden. And he's 33. He's peaking at 33 years old. It is his seventh year in the NBA. He's averaging 15 points, five and a half rebounds. He's a great communicator on defense. If you watch him, he'll literally go down, make a three. Because his actually three-point percentage, I don't think it's awful this year. It's 46%. He has taken 26 threes, and he's hit 12 of them. Like, I, I, I remember watching him. I'm trying to think. I think it was against the Jazz. He hit a three, and he's immediately talking. Like, he just gets back on D, runs back on D. He's talking. He's communicating on D. He's a really good shot blocker. He's been a solid rim protector. He's actually been a great rim protector, I should say. Um, Devin Booker has been, and, or, and Rubio, they've been using him well in the pick and roll. And he has been literally the best possible replacement for DeAndre Aiden that you could have this year. But, yeah, Aaron Baines, big part of why the Suns are, I believe, 5-2 and two now. After tonight's win over Philly, or they are five and three. They're five and two. Yeah, they're three and one at home. They beat undefeated Philly tonight. Aaron Baines had 15 points, seven rebounds, six assists. He was three for five from three. I think he airballed the two ones he missed, or he got blocked on one. And he was a game high plus 19. He's been incredible this year for the Phoenix Suns. So shout out to James Jones, who took a lot of heat this offseason. Next guy we're going to talk about is Malcolm Brogdon of the Indiana Pacers, who's been really good he's been arguably the best passer in the week this year him and lebron 22 points 9.7 assists you guys know i love my passers um he's been a really good floor general for them this year obviously they were missing their guy in old depot who is not back yet miles turner just got an injury and yeah he's been keeping the pacers afloat they've been a little bit disappointing to start the year but not malcolm brogdon who's 27 and yeah he's proving to the bucks that they should have kept him and maybe thought about resigning him before the offseason ended, it maybe moved on from Eric Bledsoe because, yeah, he's been he's been huge for the um, Pacers this year. And one more guy I want to talk about, final guy in Studs of the Week, is somebody I did not think we were going to mention this year, and that is Tristan Thompson. He's been really good for the Cavs this year, averaging a double-double. He's been a solid rim protector. Yeah, he's been a beast on the boards. Um, he's played all six games for the um, Cavs this year, and, yeah, he's been really surprising. He's just some guy that kind of... Gets lost in the shuffle every year. He's at a 16 and 11, 25 and 13, 17 and 13, 23 and 10, 7 and 10, 11 and 12. I've only got to uh, catch one Cavs game this year, and it was a um, the game where they won by six, I believe, against the Bulls. And he was really good for them. He is 20, I believe he's um, he's 28. So I guess this is technically his prime. But yeah, Tristan Thompson has been really good so far to start the year for the Cavs. Uh, now on to duds of the week. So yes, the duds of the week. Now in the NBA, it's kind of hard to be on the duds of the week um, if you're a player because you know what? These players usually, if you're good, you're good. If you're bad, you're bad. And usually consistently good or you're consistently bad or consistently average. But somebody that's been a little bit of a disappointment to start off the season, Drew Holiday of the New Orleans Pelicans. Now they are off to, I believe, a one in six start. It has not been pretty. Obviously they are missing their... Um, Biggest hype guy going in the year, Zion Williamson. But yeah, one and six to start the year. Drew Holiday has not been good. He did miss two games of their um, six. So I'm not going to say he's been a big part of why they're one and six, but maybe he is. And they should be better if he's been playing. But 
hasn't been good. He's He's been shooting below 40% from the field, 36% from the field this year. His defense actually hasn't been that great. Um, and yeah, Brandon Ingram has kind of taken over this team as the number one on the Pelicans team after we heard all this talk from David Griffin in the offseason that he was going to be the one. He's their guy. He thinks he, he could be an MVP candidate this year. Now, it's only a four-game sample size for him, so I'm not going to hate on him too much, and I'm not going to overreact. But he's been a little bit disappointed. He's been a little disappointing to start the year. Now, the next one is just, you know what? We're going to talk about the Houston Rockets as a whole. Their defense has been the worst in the NBA. I tweeted out a graph um, today, and it was opponent point per game versus opponent field goal percentage. The Rockets are giving up the most points in the league and the highest field goal percentage to opposing teams. It's It's been bad for the Houston Rockets this year. Their three-point percentage have, hasn't been good, and obviously that's the main part of their offense, so they need that to be falling. Their net rating isn't also good either. It's 23rd in the NBA with a negative 5.2 net rating. So yeah, it hasn't been good, and it's mainly, I don't know, I feel like it's been James Harden, and I mean, he's going to be my dud of the week. Yes, he's averaging 35 points a night, but he's shooting 37% from the field and 21% from three. He's already taken 79 threes this year, leads the NBA. He's hit 17 of them. He's taken the most shots this year at 140. He's only hit 52 of them. He's got the most turnovers in the league at 34. Obviously, I think I believe he has the highest usage in the league. Um, if I'm correct, yeah, I already 40% usage, which is crazy, but his defense hasn't been great. Um, and yeah, he's been pretty disappointing to start the year as a whole, but the Rockets didn't start off so last year. So I'm not going to go into it too much. Now, I already talked about the magic before, but they're in my duds of the week. Their offense, I'm just, magic offense, not their defense, which has actually been pretty solid. But I mentioned how everything was around 30 for them uh, when I was talking about the Aaron Gordon Devo trade. So yeah, they're in here in duds of the week. Warriors health as a whole, it's been pretty disappointing. Draymond already missing games. Uh, Devo missing games. And then obviously Curry getting hurt, which was a fluke injury, which sucks. Um, Draymond's day-to-day -day with a left index finger. Um, and Devo obviously is hurt with the ankle. Kavon Wooney is still hurt. Um, Colby Stein missed a little bit. Uh, he's got neuropathy. I don't even know what that is, but it hasn't been good, I heard, from Wooney, who might get surgery, I heard. Um, and then Willie Colby Stein, I know, missed some parts, um, to start the year. I believe he is back. Um, but, you know, it, it hasn't, it hasn't been good. And, I mean, he's not going to save the Warriors anyway. So, yeah, it's been a little bit rough for them. And then the final guy we're going to talk about here in um, Duds of the Week is Julius Randle of the New York Knicks, who's been very disappointing. Obviously, he was the Knicks' big free agency signing. Got the two-year deal, could be a three-year deal. He's been averaging 13 points. Um, he's shooting .56 from three. He's shooting 5% from three. That is horrendous. He's one for his first 18 this year. One for his first 18. He was a 34% shooter last year, which is around league average. Yeah, he hasn't been good. He's shooting 41% from the field. Um, he's turned the ball over 29 times. He's been, weirdly enough, the Knicks' primary ball handler since Alfred Payton got hurt, which I never got wide. So he's getting double teamed, sometimes triple teamed in the paint. He's not a great passer. He's not a good first eye. Like, when like you, he gets the ball, there's usually a wide open guy at the three-point line or someone cutting. He never usually sees him first. It takes him time. Uh, they're trying to, I guess, make him a dream on green, and he's just not that. I don't know if it's more on Fizdale on Randall, but Randall has struggled this year. So have the Knicks in general. But yeah, Randall's going to wrap up 
uh, the duds of the week. So yeah, we got five mailbag questions that I asked you guys to tweet me at, at uh, Matthew and guys. Actually, six, excuse me. So we're going to be answering those today. If you want to be featured in the next one, let me know on Twitter with a cool question and I'll try to answer it. Obviously, I'm not going to answer all 80 or so I got on Twitter. I'm sorry, but I'm going to try to answer a couple interesting ones that caught my eye. So um, Thomas Dehart underscore 13x. Who would trade for Iggy? Or I, I think you really like also want to know like who do I want to trade uh, see trade for Iggy? Now there's I think three teams, but it's hard to do because of Iggy's salary. It would be a lot easier if he got bought out, obviously, and he signed with the team. But the first one is the Denver Nuggets. I'd like to see him go back to Denver, but the Denver Nuggets are already really deep. But just adding Iggy, like a veteran presence to that team, I think would be huge. Uh, the Lakers would be really nice. Uh, to see him come off the bench. They do need defensive help off the bench, at least on the perimeter. Uh, the Clippers, they don't really need much more defensive help on the perimeter, but they could always use an Ajay Igudala. So I'd like to see him go to the Western Conference. Oh my God, if he went to Utah, honestly, if I'm Utah, you're not even playing Dante XM. You're playing Manuel Moutier with the backup point guard minutes. See if you can maybe offer two seconds and Dante XM for Igudala. Yeah, just try it. Well, I mean, XM has a knee injury, so I don't really know if the... um if the Grizzlies would want him. But hey, if you can add Iguodala to that defense, which is already the best in the NBA this year, that would be incredible. And the Jazz do need some help. Um, but it's kind of more on the offensive end. But that's what the Conley struggles. And actually, I didn't really mention Conley duds of the week. So you know, I'll just mention him a little bit. But he's been disappointing to start the year. Disappointing. He's shooting 34% from twos, 28% from three. 31% from the field. He's averaging 3.9 assists because he's been getting into foul trouble too. He's averaging 3 fouls a game so far. It's not what they needed from the point guard. Their biggest offseason acquisition over Bojan, who's been playing a lot better. But yeah, um, Mike Conley has been pretty disappointing. So we're going to move on to the next mailbag question. And that's my name is Simba. He said, what young players, 23 or younger, have been the most impressive this year? Now, obviously, Luka Doncic is going to top that. Trey Young, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis has been pretty good, but I don't believe he's 23 or younger at the moment. He's 23, technically. He's been good. Um, he's averaging 21 points, 11 rebounds. He's been okay on D. He currently has a calf injury. Um, but yeah, um, he's been pretty impressive this year. RJ Barrett started off nice, but he's cooling off a little bit. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, he's not 23. I believe he's 24, but he's been good. Tower Harrow's been good. And I also want to talk about two rookies. Um, Rui Hashimura, um, he's averaging 15 points. Um, he hasn't missed a free throw yet for the, uh, that caught my eye for the, um, Wizards, but he's not going to the line a lot. He's only been to the line five times. He's shooting 23% on three, but 45 from the field, but he's had his games. And I honestly thought he was going to be a little bit of a project, but he's looking good right away. He's almost 22 though, which is obviously a very old rookie. Um, but he's been good so far for the Wizards and the Wizards have actually kind of been somewhat entertaining this year. Davis Burdons, Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant, who I love, you guys know that. Um, Isaiah Thomas, they've been kind of entertaining this year. And then the other rookie I want to talk about is Brandon Clark of the um, Memphis Grizzlies. Now, you guys know I was high on Clark coming out of the draft. Um, they took him with the pick uh, from the Miconomy trade, but I believe they might have traded up with the Thunder to select him. But yeah, he's been good for them this year. 11 points a game. He's been good on defense. He's been good in switching the pick and roll. He's actually been pretty good on the offensive side of the pick and roll. With the uh, with John Morant, um, he's shooting 33% from three, um, but he's only taken six threes. But yeah, he's just been an efficient guy so far. He's been a solid rebounder and only 23 minutes a night. And I know obviously they have 
Triple J there, and I kind of think Clark could be a stretch four. He's definitely not a three. But, um, yeah, he's been good so far, and I hope he kind of finds more minutes. But, obviously, Triple J's there, um, who I believe Jared Jackson Jr. has actually been a little bit disappointing this year. Um, he's shooting 44% from the field, 26 from three, 13 points a game. Um, he's already gotten hurt a little bit. Uh, but, you know what, it's obviously sophomore, like, slump, possibly. I don't know. He'll be fine. So, moving on to mailbag number three. This is, um, I said my name is Simba was mailbag question two. But, Carol Sokuski. Uh, seven, he said, your wife is on the line. You have to pick one of these teams that's going to have the best record by the end of the year. Bulls, Knicks, Cavs, Hornets. Okay, I'm immediately ruling out the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks will have the best record out of these guys. I don't think they'll have the worst, but I don't think they'll have the best. I think I'm also going to roll out the Cavs. I, I'm not really too fond of them. Uh, even though if Tristan Thompson keeps up this pace, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Garland really hasn't shown much that he can carry them to the playoffs, along with Love, Sexton, and Thompson. You know, they gave Jetty Osman that new deal, but yeah, Garland's actually been pretty bad this year. Uh, they gave Osman that new deal, but I don't think the Cavs are going to be in the playoff hunt this year. I think they're going to fall off a little bit. So it's down between the Hornets and the Bulls. The Bulls have been disappointing. The Hornets have actually been pretty surprising. I'm going to say the Bulls are going to have the best record out of the four. I think it will go Bulls. Hornets, Knicks, Cavs, I don't know, but maybe the Knicks might have the worst, actually, out of those four. I think it's going to be the Bulls or Hornets that have the best. I'm going to go Bulls. Been off to a slow start, but I think they're most they're the most talented team out of those four. I'm going to go Bulls. Let me know what you guys think. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go Bulls at that question, but that's a good question. Uh, Sukel Bryce goes, will Siakam get All-NBA third team this year and All-Star? I think he can win. I think he can be All-NBA second team. All-NBA first team would be tough. Because Anthony Davis is probably going to be as a four, even though he should be a five. Um, Giannis is probably going to be a forward. Obviously, you're going to have Kawhi Leonard. So, yeah, it's it's probably going to be impossible for Siakam to be on the first team. Um, and LeBron, Luka as well. But I think Siakam does have a good chance at second team. And I think he definitely will get third team, if anything. Siakam has been off to an incredible start this year. Could have mentioned him in Suns of the Week. Uh, he's been really good. He's been that primary guy in Toronto, even though Lowry's had his games this year. So is Fred Van Vliet. But Siakam, I think, will be an all-star. I think he'll be an all-NBA team. I think he definitely has some all-defensive second-team potential. I don't think about first-team, but I definitely think he has some potential to get on second-team. He's been good this year. He's been really good. I've caught a, I caught a couple of Raptors games this year, and he's been a pleasant to watch. He's also on my fantasy team, too. And I also drafted Steph Curry, Miles Turner. Yeah, my, that's how my season's going. Um, next question is by Doug Glasdale. Um, and he goes, who will be at the top of the Rookie of the Year race come Game 82? Now, I know everyone's riding high on Kendrick Nunn. I don't think he maintains this pace this whole year. I'd be very impressed. Um, but yeah, he's been good this year. 48% on the field, 19 points a game. He's shooting 44 from three. He's getting to the rim with ease. He's working to pick and roll really well with Bam. And I think Point Winslow is going to help a lot. He's good. Uh, I don't think he'll be at the top of the Rookie of the Year voting. I don't think... Uh, Hero will be either. I think it's going to be between Morant, Barrett, Hashimura. If Zion plays, obviously, but I, I'm not going to roll Zion in there because I don't know how many games he's going to miss this year. P.J. Washington, I think, will be in that combo too. I think those four. Cam Reddish has been disappointing. DeAndre Hunter hasn't really shown anything that he'll even be in that combo because obviously Trey Young is that team and John Collins. Garland hasn't been that good this year. Neither has Culver. Kobe White's been solid, but he's coming off the bench, and I feel like you need more volume to be in that conversation, even though Kobe might be the best point guard on that team. He's been actually really good, Kobe White, so far. We're not really good, but 
You know, he's been he's been solid in some games, but in some games he is not. He's he's shooting pretty poorly from the field, but he's had a couple good games so far this year. Um, talking mainly about the second game of the year, but actually he kind of peaked there, so that's my bad against Memphis where he scored 25 points and had six rebounds, but he's been pretty poor since, so um, I was wrong there. But yeah, I think it's going to be between Rui Hashimura, P.J. Washington, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett might average 40 minutes a night this year. He's currently averaging 37 already, um, but he's cooling down a little bit after his uh, really good start. But I think, yeah, Morant, Barrett, Hashimura and Washington will be at the top of that combo. And the last question is from the Radioactive. He goes, which college prospect do you think is going to bite up the NCAA? So if you don't know much about college this year, there's a couple guys you should watch. There's a couple foreigners um, being uh, RJ Hampton, plays in New Zealand, LaMelo Ball, you guys know about him. Um, I'm still going to um, probably butcher Denny of Jiha's name. I'm just going to say it's of Jiha. I don't know. I feel like if you say it really quickly, it sounds right. I got to learn it. I have to watch a couple Israel games this year. It's like, obviously, the time zone is completely off. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to – I got. I definitely got to watch games because he's been good. He's He plays in the Israel League. He's probably going to be a top 10 pick. Now, if we're talking to NCAA guys, James Wiseman, center from Memphis. Anthony Edwards, guard from Georgia. Cole Anthony, point guard from UNC. Those are the three top guys. Also, you have Nico Mannion from Arizona. You have um, a couple other foreign guys. I believe Theo Maladin. Um, Killen Hayes, uh, I'm not too sure if he's going to declare this year. But keep an eye on him. Uh, Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke. Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova. So those are a couple guys to maybe take a look at. Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky could be solid this year. Obviously, Cassius Winston from Michigan State. But obviously, once the season starts, you guys will hear a lot more buzz around these players. And there's probably someone I forgot. I was just trying to name guys off the top of my head. But yeah, those are kind of some guys to definitely keep an eye on this year. So yeah, that is going to wrap out episode three of the Just Ballin' Pod. It's definitely getting a lot easier to talk for a long period of time in a podcast format. I really hope you guys did enjoy. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and a review over there. If you're watching on YouTube, a like and a comment would be really nice. And Spotify, I don't know if there's a rating system over there, but just hit the follow button over there. And just, I don't know, if you guys have any um, tips or just advice or feedback you'd like to give me, you can write it under a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know in the comments on YouTube, or you could just at me on Twitter. Matthew and guys, I tweet about the NBA a lot. Tweeting out graphs, stats, observations. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun, guys. Hope you guys did enjoy. And I'll see you guys in episode four this Sunday. Peace.